Welcome to The Real Real Estate Show. I'm your host, Christine Koenig, here today with... Your co-host, Grace Warren from Better Homes and Gardens. I have a little tickle in my throat. It's not corona, but it's a tickle, so I don't want to worry anybody. <laughs> 10 seconds. It took 10 seconds to say the word. <laughs> did it on purpose. And you have Mike Batmansar <laughs> with Hudson United Mortgage. <laughs> All right. So uh, we are here today on WTBQ AM uh, 1110 FM 93.5. Also, WTBQ.com. And we're a call-in show. So our number is 845-651-1110. Please give a call. Ask questions. We love that. Yeah, call us. um, And anything related to real estate or mortgages. That's correct. Um, So we were chit-chatting a little bit this morning, and Grace came into the office, and she's like, got something we're going to talk about today. <laughs> um, and I said, that's great, because I have something I want to talk about today as well. So today we're going to have a little bit of a hodgepodge. We're going to talk about um, we're going to talk about some uh, regulations surrounding animals and your home. I think a lot of people don't necessarily realize that almost all towns do have regulations for anything from how many animals you can have, size of the animals you can have, where they have to be, right? So mm-hmm. we're going to just kind of touch base, not really, you know, every every town is a little different. So we're going to just talk generally speaking. Yep. Um, we're also going to talk a little bit about, um, you know, what to do when surprise things happen during the, the home buying purchase. Maybe you thought you had a four bedroom, but now you have a three bedroom home or um, an appraisal comes in a little bit low. What can you do about that? Um, and then we have Mike and we're going to talk a little bit about, um, is it, you know, when it makes sense to refi and when it doesn't, because that's a lot, we hear a lot of buzzwords about that now, right? It's like every time you listen to the radio, it's, it's a great time to refi. It's all I've been but working this is, on. But this is, a, this is really a good time to refinance. No, because yeah, it definitely is. They, right. they always say it's a good time to refinance, well, in New but York, right now really is. Yeah. In New York, it's difficult because... They charge you so much to do anything in New York State, so you have to make sure that the savings outweighs the cost, right? right. And what's the break-even point? And so we'll right. talk about that a little bit as yeah. well. So, so fun stuff. Yeah. So what'd you do this weekend or this week? Um, Real I sh- estate was. I showed ten condos yesterday to one client. Oh my! <laughs> there are ten condos available. Well, there are, there are because I, I work in New Jersey as well. So oh um, my gosh, how can it's that's so hard? You know, especially with condos, I they all have to look alike after so, especially if they're in the same complex so they were all in the same complex but um wow. so we were over at um Christ, at the crystal springs so but that development was built in phases by different mm-hmm. builders okay so yeah. they, and there's different hoas I yeah think, too. there are different hoas um so it's almost like we saw five different communities in one day okay. um, and i would say overall with the 10 condos only once did we have a similar floor plan oh so it was uh it was super was interesting. Was your client taking notes, though? That's a lot they of did, units to see in one time. When I handed them the piece of paper, my exact words were, take a lot of notes. If there's one you not do, coming back. If there's one you don't <laughs> like, cross it out and write down why you didn't like it, because you'll forget why it's crossed out. Yeah, that's um, a lot of uh, properties yeah. to uh, to preview in one I will day. say that. At the end of the day, there was only one that they liked. Okay. So, well, that was good. Yeah, 10%. And he goes, he goes, do you have people who, you know, pick their home on the first time? I said, I have people I show one house to. I go, we saw 10 today. This is no one, normally like three or four times out to see this many homes. <laughs> so uh, last week, I when I was on, I spoke about um, doing Facebook 
showings, right? Because I have a client that's in the state of Washington, and we were doing that all um, the week before, and then we did put an offer in on a property. So oh. he hasn't actually stepped foot into the house. That's exciting, though. Yeah, him nor his wife right. have stepped foot into the house. We made an, an offer; it was accepted. We did a home inspection. Wow. And everything seemed to go well with this. A couple of things, you know, no big deal. But uh, it's very nerve wracking for yeah. me because they have what happens when they get here for the closing and they if they, they don't like the house. I hope that's not going to happen. But yeah. um, so, so that's a that that's a new kind of thing for me. It was new. I know that there are other agents that have done that, like yeah. Bridget Wallace in our office has done that a couple of times mm -hmm. for people. But that's sort of like an unusual way to buy a house, I think. I have done... Um, Maybe it's a millennial thing? I don't know. I've done video more tours. comfortable. I don't know if it's a millennial thing because any millennials usually want their parents and grandparents and everyone else to come out and see the house first. We <laughs> actually started that. We did that because I, I went with his brother. But then, you know, his, his brother was like, kind of like falling in love with, you know, like a shower or something and saying, oh, well, I'm going to come here every day and take a shower in this shower. I mean, it sounds like they're familiar with the area. It's not like they're they are. They're blind. from yeah. they're from the, the area that okay. we were looking. So they know, you know, they know where we're looking. They just haven't seen this particular house or any of the houses that we saw. Yeah. When I even when I work with uh, people who have jobs that their schedules aren't particularly flexible, if some and we're in a market where they want to see it right mm -hmm. away, I will video tour for them, um, although they ha so far, they've been able to come up to do the walkthrough if it's something they're interested in. So yeah, well, it, you know, they're it's complicated for them because they um, are having a baby. Yeah, and she can't fly. Right, and it's a high risk pregnancy, so he doesn't want to leave because their last child, he was in Montana when she went into labor, so <laughs> doesn't want that to happen. And it, it was a very difficult process for him to get back to New York. Wow. Um, yeah, but they're know, on their way. They're on their way. So yeah, so it was it was uh, that's a good thing. I also did a rental last week, so that was fun. In fact, somebody that you helped me with oh. um, a year or two ago, I won't say their name on the uh, on mm -hmm. the show, but you probably already know mm -hmm. that they're moving back to Warwick. So anyway, so that's what's been going on in the world of uh, real estate in our worlds, right? What about you, Mike? What's been? I happening? worked all weekend. Did you? <laughs> yes, just doing. Prepping refis, basically. Um, yeah, anyone I help basically in the past four or five years, there's an opportunity for them to now save money. So it's really been, my phone has not stopped, but it's a good thing, you know, for March, especially, uh, you know, it's this usually is quiet. typically a time of year when people are slowing down. We had a, you know, we were lucky, knock on wood, hopefully that winter is behind us, but we had a definitely mild winter. So I don't think there was really much of a slowdown at there all. There wasn't. Um, I actually look forward to some snow days, you know, <laughs> when I can sit at home and, <laughs> You know, shovel snow a couple times, but yeah, there was none of that this year. Just I think one storm we had, yeah. and it was mostly ice. I bought a bag of salt that's now sitting in my basement <laughs> <laughs> for another year. Yeah. Do you think we're going to? I know this is not a weather-related show, but do you think we're going to get something this the next, year? Yeah, no. the next no. month? No, not at all. I mean, and I've been looking come, at the forecast. It it's go? so it's warm yeah. to, for the next two weeks. So. I don't know. I remember on April 1st, April Fool's Day, one time we got like a foot and a half of snow back in like 90. I'll take that. But it'll probably be gone the next day. Or something. I don't know. I've started planting. So, <laughs> oh my God. Not yeah. outside, but I'm, okay. pre I'm preparing okay. for an early an early season for uh, getting everything in the, in the ground early. Um, cool. Anyway, so, so what do you want to start with? I, let's talk about animals. Oh, okay. So here's the thing with the animals. So I was in tractor supply. Uh-oh. 
And they've got these adorable little baby chicks in there. And it's really, really hard to resist these baby chicks and these baby ducks, which made me think that it's not going to be easy for other people to resist these baby chicks and these baby ducks. For sure. So I bought a bunch of baby chicks. So now I have to house these baby chicks at some point. That's what they count on. <laughs> By the way, there's, my understanding is when you're there, there's a minimum number yes. of chicks you have to buy. You, can, you have to buy at least six. At least six. six chicks, chickens, or six ducks. You can't buy just one duck or one chicken. Right. You, you have to buy duck? six. I mean, I because can see where the chickens... Chick, but... Well, ducks lay very large eggs, and they're supposed to be better for you. And so I don't know. And you're supposed to cage them? Well... From what I understand, as long as you're feeding them, they will come back. Oh, all right, that makes sense. Mm. I don't know. I, I don't. I don't know about that. But and you don't even need to have like a lot of water. Like you could put like a baby pool there for them, and they'll use that. But I happen to live next to a pretty large pond, so they could go into the pond. But I, you know. But you bought chicks, not ducks. Right. I bought chicks, which will become chickens. And so you need a chicken coop if you have chickens. So right now, my chicks are actually in my sister's garage and like a little brooder because she had one and she already has chickens and she's my surrogate chick mother until they're old enough to come to my chicken coop which i do not have yet very nice i actually just took a picture of a chicken coop at someone's house the other day i'm going to forward it to you so oh. you can see oh i, I thought this was it. particularly well built so um okay so my my daughter's designing the coop <laughs> nice and um yeah we're going to take a quick break and then we will come back and talk more about chickens and the regulations yeah This is Marcia Talbot, a licensed real estate broker of Better Homes and Gardens Rand Realty, specializing in residential, land, and vintage homes. Rest assured that I will make your experience smooth and pleasant and hold your hand through the entire process. As a resident of Orange County since 1976, I know every nook and cranny of this area. Please contact me at marcia.randrealty.com for the best experience in your buying or selling process. Gem Home Inspections is the number one home inspector for your prospective new home, ensuring great memories instead of repairs. Gene of Gem Home Inspections brings more than 30 years of experience in residential construction plus hardscape and landscape design. Gene's passion also lies in historic restoration and renovation, providing professional quality service, plus Gene is a state certified inspector. For peace of mind with the purchase of your home, contact Gene on Facebook at Gem Home Inspections. This is Rachel Heiss, branch manager of Better Homes and Gardens Rand Realty. Are you looking for your dream home? Then choose the best where we pride ourselves on making your dreams a reality. Our professional agents really listen to your wants and needs and deliver using the latest technology combined with good old-fashioned service. Visit randrealty.com for more information. Hi, it's Tom Fursey. Sing along and relive the memories of the 1980s with me on The Magic of the 80s. Saturdays beginning at 6 p.m. on WTBQ, playing the best music. Magic of the 80s. Hi, this is Tom Lovelace. Join me and my guest every Saturday morning at 10 a.m. for the Lovelace Music Experience. Exciting interviews and great music from every genre, right here, playing the best music. WTBQ. I'm gonna make this place your home. 
Welcome back to The Real Real Estate Show. This is Grace Warren from Better Homes and Gardens Rand Realty, along with my co-host, Christine Koenig, and Mike Van Mansart with Hudson United Mortgage. Yeah, we're going to continue our conversation. Oh, uh, this is WTBQ, radio worth listening to at 1110 AM and 93.5 FM. And uh, yeah, so we're going to continue this conversation. So the the point of this conversation isn't really to tell you about my chickens or no. any of that. No, but that is what started my thought process on this because I have to build a chicken coop. So if you're building a chicken coop, you have to have a permit. Really? Not only that, you also have to know where on your property it can and cannot go, right? Things yeah. you don't even think about. Right, right, right. So See, I even, have these chickens. Even Mike is making a face like, what? Yeah. So you have to have a permit. You can't um, you can't just put this anywhere on your property. There's rules and regulations to it. There's rules as to how many chickens you can have based on the size of your lot. Yes. So, um, yeah. So those are the things. So I'm blown away. You're blown away that you have to have a permit to build a chicken coop. I mean, well, any kind of structure that you build on your property, you have if you put a shed on your property, you have to have I understand. But a chicken coop is like a shed. I mean, it has a roof. It's got like a run area. I mean, I don't know. That's it's required. So I I went to the town and I just they handed me this piece of paper. Which is specifically about how many animals you can have and where you can put your chicken coop. So apparently the chicken coop uh, has to be within 100 feet of a lot line. Let me, let me just read the whole thing because it's a little bit more complicated than that. Um, so 100 feet of a lot line except where livestock animals are housed. I, I don't really understand that, but I'm guessing 100 feet from your lot line, right? That's where you can put the chicken coop. Right. And then the pen that they're in has to be less than an acre in size, can be set back 50 feet from the property line. You can't store manure or other odor or dust producing substances within 150 feet of a lot line. You can only have 10 chickens or 10 fowl, 10 rabbits or other small domesticated animals. Right. And I think that's on a lot that's less than six acres. Yes. A lot. That, and then it does say something about three acres somewhere here. All right. So this is about dogs, though. Um, right. Like uh, That's another thing. I guess we should mention that. Oh, yeah. There's a limit on the number of dogs. There's a limit on the amount have. of dogs you can have. So if you have dogs that are over six months old you can, and you have less than three acres, you can only have three dogs. If you have up to six acres, you can only have six dogs. Okay. So it's like an acre per dog. Sounds like it. Yeah. And then I guess uh, we'll read what it says here about keeping livestock accessory to a residence requires three acres for the first large livestock animals like a horse, cattle, or bison, and then one additional acre for um, each animal, each additional li large livestock animal, and three acres for the first two medium livestock animals, right. such as goats, sheep, ponies, llamas, and one acre for each addition, each two additional medium livestock. I mean, it's kind of complicated. There's even something about beehives and how many beehives you can have. Well, that's interesting. A lot of people are, you know, with with the with the decline of the bee population, more and more people want want to have beehives, but. Here it says that uh, at least in Warwick, you have to have a minimum of three acres. Is that what it says? Yeah, it, it says uh, to protect the public health, a beehive accessory to a residence shall require three acres for the first two hives and one acre for each additional hive. So that's interesting. Yeah. And I mean, so Mike's honey is not coming to market anytime soon. Certainly not at your current <laughs> property. <laughs> 
<laughs> it's so funny with the bees because uh, we had uh, a, um, an instance where I looked out the window one morning and I saw all this black stuff on a tree right in my yard and I was like what what is that I went out there and I could hear it it was buzzing it was a swarm it was a swarm of bees and it was probably three to four inches thick <gasps> on the tree and it was at a height where I could reach it so it was right. low it was low I mean I'm only five foot one and there were thousands of them thousands of them and I I didn't know what to do right I ended up looking on Google for a, a beekeeper and this guy came to my house with his suit on and his little mask and he reached in to find the, 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 the queen. queen and he found her and he put her into his thing in his truck and, and all the bees followed. You know, I was scared because I didn't want to spray anything on them, obviously, because they were honeybees. Right. And I was afraid that my dog, not my children because my kids were older, but that my dog might attack this thing and get... He would die from being stung so many times. But they came and they took him. It cost me $25 and they took all the bees. Wow. Yeah, it was really. You can't get anything for $25. I know. I was thrilled. I thought (laughs) it was like I was waiting for him to hand me a bill of like $150 or something. But he was keeping the bees. He was bringing them back. But I guess what happens is, is when you have a hive and they there gets to be too many of them, a new queen will form and will look for a new place. Interesting. Yeah, it was interesting. So, um Anyway, if you want to keep bees, I think you'll need to go to the town and talk to them about that. And uh, same with the chickens and the um, packs of dogs, packs of dogs and any other kind of livestock that you want. That's a question that comes up for us all the time. No, it, it does, especially because if we're house dog, hunting, house hunting with properties. people. Yeah, horse right. property. If I'd like, a, you know, I'd like to have property. I can have a horse. I want a shed. Well, what do you do? I want I want three horses. Well, now you want a shed plus enough acreage. It's important to understand. So it sounds like you nuances. need three acres. For the first horse, and then what each additional, additional acre per yeah for a horse, and, then and that's and that's Warwick's. Um, this is zone. town of Warwick, yeah. right? Right. That's where I live. That's why I pulled this. But, right. But the for, dog thing is interesting too because there are plenty of people that have eight dogs. Yeah. <laughs> a lot what of them like to rent. Dogs? Yeah. yeah right. They all want to rent a house. I actually had somebody that had chickens and wanted to rent a house on like a half acre property. I'm like, you can't have those chickens here. Why not? I'm like, you can't. <laughs> Super interesting. Yeah. Um, so one of the other things, while we're talking about going to town. Um, that in, this falls into the things things that come up every day in a real estate agent's life. And, um, you know, what can we do about it? And Grace, I know you've had a situation like this, so I wanted to pick your brain. And I thought doing it on the radio would be um, at least educational for people. Okay. Um, so I have, uh, I have people who bought a house. When they bought it, it was four bedrooms. It was originally a one-bedroom uh, back in the 80s. And the a town... one-bedroom. Yep. And the town permitted an a, a, a expansion with another three bedrooms. Right. So they permitted it. So they, they per- got a permit to do this. To do the expansion, right? So you had a one-bedroom house. There was an ex- expansion with another three bedrooms. Clearly, that makes it four bedrooms. When my people bought it four or five years ago, paperwork said four bedrooms. They go to sell it. I get, you know, I'm in the building department on a different matter, and I'm chit-chatting. They're like, oh, by the way, you know, t- title came in, blah, 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 and there's a violation. It's, you know, you have it listed as four bedrooms, but it's three bedrooms. And I said, no, it's not. It's four bedrooms. So we're in the process of digging in a little bit, and I don't have a lot more detail on that, but I know that you have had a situation similar to that, um, and there are some steps you can do, right? Like we have a septic tank that is the right size. It's really a question about the field, mm-hmm. right? So can you talk to me about your experience? 
Well, I think it depends upon the type of septic too that it might be because mm-hmm. there's different types of septic. Right. And, and, and then you have to have a certain amount of field depending upon how your property perks. Okay. So my suggestion would be what we did was we actually had an engineer come out and test the water, ran the water for a certain period of time and to make sure that the septic could accommodate the amount of water running. And I, the engineer did the calculations and then wrote a letter and said that it was okay. So it has to work. I mean, right. if it doesn't work, then it's a problem, then you can't do that. But right. if it does, and the engineer can uh, uh, attest to that, then I think you can you can change that. Okay. So the recommendation is hire an engineer, do a volume, water volume test to see mm-hmm. what the field can hold, mm-hmm. and then present that back into town. And I would, I would guess that the first part before you spend any money, talk to the town, make sure right, that, that yes, they that, want you, they'll allow you to that do that. They allow should you allow you to do that. Um, but that's what I, I had that happen recently. And then there was something else too. Oh yeah. So I had another client um, that their house was, it was listed as a two bedroom mm-hmm. and there was a third bedroom in there and they did have the that capability of having a three bedroom house with their septic and the um the town was actually very easy to to switch it to switch it for whatever reason they i'm not sure what happened but they did come and he um he did a new uh, certificate of occupancy and they changed it to three bedrooms very easily actually so i don't know if they checked the i wasn't present so i right. don't know if he actually checked the fields i can't imagine how they did check the fields right as I Maybe said, they knew what septic was installed. Right. However it was long a ago. Built, house I mean, built in the 60s. So I had one, a file right now where the town, I guess the listing agent put in the listing comments, um, possible office or fifth bedroom. And because the town goes in and sees the notes, decided to violate, you know, do a, a, violation. a violation for a fifth bedroom when it's clearly not a fifth bedroom it doesn't have a closet it's you know right but this but they don't care about that they don't care yeah i know so now there's an open violation on a property that we have a four bedroom it's appraised as a four bedroom it's everything says it's a four bedroom except the town decided because of the notes to violate it as a fifth bedroom which they're working out but i'm just saying it's it's Kind of interesting what they decide. I think that the town wants to work things out most of the time. That's their goal is to work things out, but they need to like make sure for safety reasons or whatever, or, you know, um, this wouldn't necessarily be safety, but environmental reasons Mm -hmm. that things are appropriate. Because there are years, you know, learn to your listing agent, try not to market a property (laughs) as a a bedroom. Yeah. Uh, you know, unless you know that there's a, a permit that can close yeah, I out mean, that it is a fifth bedroom. Right. The, you know? in, in the town of uh, Chester, I, I sold a house there. It was Sugarloaf area. And um, the listing agent had in the listing that there was a, a, a fourth, a room downstairs that could be used as a bedroom or an office. And the, the septic was a three bedroom. Right. So in this particular case they knew it we kind of knew this all along i i said something as the the buyer's agent i said you know i'm guessing that this is not a legal four bedroom so you have to understand that right from the get-go right and uh they had to sign something that said that they knew it was not a fourth bedroom correct i mean then that who's to stop anybody from doing whatever they do when they get in their house right and that was the solution that the building department had said you know the easiest solution is this but um sometimes 
the easiest solution versus the, you know, what's doing, like remedying something that you didn't know was wrong in the first place, you know, just trying to get all the ducks in the row. And, and um, it's, I don't know. It's it can, it can get complicated, right? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I've had a an inspector tell me if there's a bed in it, it's a bedroom. Like <laughs> it could just be a closet and a bed, and it's a bedroom. So I don't. Right. It's so all it open to interpretation. Yeah, it, it's all open to interpretation. I guess. I know. I know. Um, so I think that we are going to take um, a next break. Listen to a few sponsors, and we'll come right back. This is Christine Koenig with Better Homes and Garden Rand Realty, and I love real estate. I grew up helping my dad fix up his investment properties. That knowledge and experience has fueled my passion for real estate. Licensed in New York and New Jersey, I focus my business in Orange, Sussex, and Passaic counties. Check out my website at christinekoenig.randrealty.com or listen to The Real Real Estate Show. Mondays at 10 a.m. O'Keefe and McCann is the only law firm for all your real estate transactions. Founding partner William O'Keefe will patiently guide you through every step, whether you're buying or selling property, commercial or residential, from the first meeting to the closing. O'Keefe and McCann earned their top rating due to their impeccable attention to detail, their dedication to a smooth closing, and the pride they take in their clients' complete satisfaction. They are with you throughout the entire process, ensuring a successful outcome. For the finest real estate attorney, visit omlawteam.com. Hi, this is Peter Feller of A&T Healthcare, your one call for the finest in home healthcare. Tune in every Thursday at 10 a.m. to hear the latest news on everything health-related because your health does matter. That's Health Matters every Thursday at 10 a.m. Hi, this is Dan Baldwin, host of Instant Replay, the sports talk radio show on your favorite radio stations, WTBQ and WGHT. Join me from 12 to 2 p.m. every Saturday to break down all the latest news and games in all of sports. Call in to agree or disagree with me on radio worth listening to. Chris Steritz has been an award-winning associate broker for more than 28 years. Chris's vast knowledge of Orange County ensures that your goals will be met whether you are a buyer or a seller, and she will help with your home inspection, mortgage, and appraisal process. She's also a specialist in corporate relocation, and the home inventory on her website is always current. For more information or to contact Chris, visit chrissteritz.brandrealty.com. WTBQ a very warm day in store for us across the area today. Mostly sunny skies with the highs in the upper 60s. Tonight, clear for a while. A few high clouds may roll in overnight, heading down into the low 40s. Tomorrow, look for clouds and some scattered showers will arrive in the afternoon or early in the evening, 55 to around 60. Clouds tomorrow night, a couple of more showers will stay down in the lower 40s. And Wednesday, look for a mix of sun and clouds in the morning. More clouds later on in the day, still warm. It's 55 to around 60. I'm WeatherWorks' Tony Salimo from the WTBQ Weather Center. I'm gonna make this place your home. Welcome back to The Real Real Estate Show. This is Grace Warren from Better Homes and Gardens Rand Realty. And I am here with my friends and co-hosts. Ah, Christine Koenig. And Mike Van Mansart with Hudson United. And by the way, we are a call-in show. So 845-651-1110. Um, and you're listening to WTBQ. Yeah. So, um... We are going to talk about refinance now. Right, because that's a buzzword. You hear it all the time. I think oh any any time I'm listening 
or TV or whatever. It's refi, refi, great time to refi. You should refi now. Pop up ads on my computer, on my phone. It doesn't matter. Mike, tell yeah, us. Yeah, and as you're saying that, I got an email that says 30 year fixed rates hit a 50 year low, I guess. I, don't, yes. I mean, it's kind of, it's, yes, it's a great time to refinance. I called my parents. They live in California. I was like, you know, we're not licensed there, obviously. I said, call your guy. It may be worth doing. Um, I was texting and emailing family members saying the money's essentially free at this point. So if you're not doing it, you know. What are we talking about? <laughs> what kind of a rate? They're, you know, everyone's scenario is different, obviously, but they're in the mid to low threes, depending on what program you're doing. Um, and that's for a 30 year. Yeah. Um, lower 15 for years 15, even right? lower. Yeah. So, you know, I think that the problem with all this news coming out really and all you're seeing everywhere is, you know, refi, refi rates are so low. It's people are, they're going to miss the ball, meaning like they're going to say, oh, well, I still think they're going to go down, go down. Mm -mm. And then at that point, they're going to start going up. So, I, you know, I tell people, you know, pigs get slaughtered. It's time to not be greedy. You know, just if you're saving money, take it and say thank you and be on to the next one. Because really, you're not, you're going to wait around and the market's going to turn on you and it's not going to be worth it. So let's talk about other things. The is it worth it, right? Because um, if you have a, in New York, right? Let's talk about New York. If you, oh, let's say you owe $100,000, right? And you're refining for, and you're saving yourself a point, right? Don't they say if you save a point, it's usually worth it? Is it really worth it at that point? Because by the time you're done paying the fees, right? If you're at, you know, 4% and you come down to 3% or 45 to 3.5%, but at the end of the day, you're really only saving yourself 40 or $50 a month because of the size of your loan. Yeah, I'm shaking my head agreeing with you. It really depends on how long you're going to be in the house. That's always a right. conversation I have with people. It's like, yes, you're saving $100, but if you're going to move next year, it doesn't make sense to do because right. now your loan amount's going up four or $5,000 and you're really not going to recoup that saving. So the conversation is, is this your forever house? You right. know, do you plan on being in this long term? Because typically the break even point for a refi, if you're lowering your interest rate, is between three and five years when you calculate the fees involved, because, you know, there's title fees, New York state charges you mortgage tax. Um, there's other little fees, you know, that go into it. And you have to make sure at the end of the day that it's worth it. We have, we also have to fund your escrow account again. So when you do a payoff, let's say you owe XYZ bank 150 and there's $4,000 in your escrow account, that bank is going to do one of two things. We're going to request the payoff and they're going to subtract it right from what you owe, meaning they're going to apply it to your balance. And then we're going to get a payoff that's $4,000 lower, meaning we have to then refill it, or they're going to cut you a check after closing for that amount. So we, you know, you kind of have to have the cash. Yeah. Essentially it's a wash when you look at it on paper, but it is increasing your loan amount, you know, so you have to consider that. Um, if you're saving over a hundred dollars, $150, and you plan on being in the house long-term, then it's probably worth it. We are taking... Right now, I'm doing a lot for people where, you know, they started in a 30 year, maybe they've been in it five years. We're just doing a five year term or a 25 year term or a 27 year term so that they're not giving up what they've paid Is it already. worth it if they can to, say, go from this 30 year term to, say, a 20 year term? Like if they can do that? Yeah, definitely. It, it might mean, be the same payment? That's what we're seeing. Yeah, you're you're basically you can shave almost 15 years off your mortgage, whether you want to save money or not, you know, take a 30 year, lower the interest rate. A full percentage and you might be in a 15-year payment and still pay exactly what you're paying today so 
That seems like not. a no-brainer if you can do that, right? Because who doesn't want to be finished with paying their mortgage yeah, sooner, we, right? We always educate people to, you know, make an extra payment a year. It'll pay off your house seven years sooner. That's usually wow. the rule of thumb. So mm -hmm. if you have the money, when the tax time comes, you know, apply it to your principal balance. I have a, uh, I have a little, um, so I've been, you know, I save stuff for the radio all the time. Mm -hmm. So I was on Pinterest and I've been saving some snapshots. But just to what we're talking about here, it's one of those things where that, that just says if you if you do something like make bi biweekly payments, which adds what one extra, one extra payment, payment. Um, at the <clears throat> end of your thirty year loan, you will have saved yourself forty six thousand dollars. And that's is that just a principal payment or the entire yes, you payment? Make, uh, I so if your payment's nineteen hundred with taxes and insurance, I tell people to make one nineteen hundred dollar payment, a full payment, which is going to be a principal balance reduction essentially. You don't, you know, and make sure you specify a lot of people pay online now. Like I can go in tomorrow and say, hey, I want to apply 500 bucks to my mortgage mm -hmm. or whatever it is. Um, if you are one of those people that pay with checks, write all over, you know, in the memo principal balance, you know, because the banks, what they're going to want to do is just apply it as so your a, next payment, yeah, an advanced payment. So always write on it principal balance. Yeah. And and make sure you make a copy. So it, how much <laughs> is it going to save? Does it? Right. So, right. So it says if you do the um, like the biweekly payments or, you know, so that comes down to about one extra mortgage payment a month, you're going to save yourself almost forty six thousand dollars. And this is based on um, uh, like a like a five percent interest rate. Right. But um, and you're going to you're going to change your 30 year loan to a 24 and a half year loan. Right. Um, some other things like the, you know, this gives a couple different options. Pay one hundred dollars extra. Right. Um, and that's going to save you $75,000, no, $99,000, sorry. And it's going to cut you down to 21 years. And then it says if you do one extra payment plus $100 a month, you can save yourself $125,000 and turn your 30-year into an 18-year mortgage. So those are other tricks in terms of, you know, maybe it's not the right time to refinance for all the reasons you just said, but you're still really interested in... Um, you know, shortening it down, shortening, yeah, shortening the term, term of your of your mortgage. We and also um, allow people to do what's called a recast, which is, you know, not many lenders will let you do it. But it's because New York happens to be more expensive state to, you know, do business in. Um, you can cut a check. Let's say that you, you know, do your taxes or you come into some money. Right. Let's say it's twenty five thousand dollars. If you wrote a check tomorrow to your you know, lender, that's going to shorten your term. It's going to pay from the back forward. Right. right. If you do a recast, that same $25,000 check, we actually will re-amortize it over your remaining term. So if you're looking to lower your monthly payment by applying that large balance or large payment, you can then basically essentially lower your payment. So if you had a 27-year term, you stay with a 27-year term, you're only you're $25,000 less in principal balance. So your payment goes down. I know it's hard to explain. <laughs> no, it's not. I mean, it makes sense to, you know, to me, what's, you know, what makes more sense, I guess it depends. Is it really important to lower your payment by that $150 or is it better to cut off, you know, six Time. years of your loan? Yeah. I don't know. I mean, if you're already making the payment, I, you know, it, it seems like taking six years off the loan is a no brainer. Right. Right. To yeah. me, that, I mean, that's right. But my, if you're on fixed, but if you're on fixed income right. and the if length of loan is extra. sort of irrelevant to you. Right. 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 Yeah. And if I it's mean, difficult with, to, for you to make the, the monthly payment as it is now, right. then it might it's worth it. To the do other that. argument is with rates being, you know, so low, you can make more money elsewhere with your money. Right. right. <laughs> so get into a fixed annuity or something that's paying you dividends. 
where you're only borrowing this money at three or three and a half percent, why not, you know, earn money on that money? So it, it, who knows? Everyone's different. Right. And, <laughs> and, you know, this morning people might be afraid of oh, investing, investing yeah. money on anything. <laughs> <laughs> After the news, I haven't even heard. looked. I mean, I look at the stock market every day. I look at zero of my investments because they're there for the long haul. They're right? there for the long haul, and if I pull out money, I'm losing just like everybody else. Right. You know, you you know, they say buy the dip. I mean, I'm just going to let it ride. <laughs> so now would probably be a good time to actually buy stuff, wouldn't it? Because you're yeah. buying it low. If you have the money, yeah, now's a great time to. And I'm not a financial planner, but it's a great time to buy um, airline stocks. <laughs> airline stocks <laughs> oh boy so, yeah a, a friend just came back from state of washington and there was like nobody on the plane yeah <laughs> i can i can upgrade first class for free <laughs> can you probably <laughs> i <everyone>. don't know <laughs> that's funny so um one of the things we're going to talk about uh, in a few minutes and this kind of ties into everything is uh, one of the processes home buying appraisals right yeah um, and we quickly touch on that. And you know, one of the things with a market where um, prices are going up is that home buyers aggressively price their homes, right? Mm -hmm. at, right. And even at some aggressively priced numbers, you'll get offers. Um, and as we go through the process, one of the steps is to get that appraised. So as a market value is rising, right, they're looking back six months for um, appraisals, and it may not have the data to support that. And now you come into a situation where your your the a value of the home is now in question. Like, can you actually sell it for that number? Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. Because if a home doesn't appraise, the person buying it, even though they may have agreed to the number, now feels like maybe they don't have to pay that number anymore. We see or it. maybe their bank's not going to loan them that that's number. That's correct. Yeah. We, you know, that's the trick is you, they do go back a period of time. It has to be in a certain radius of the house, and it has to be a true comparable home. You can't comp a condo to a single-family residence. It's not going to be the same. So the idea is find something similar, and you can't, you know, I guess agents do this a lot. or it, We're not going to go off what a neighbor's price is listed at because, you know, we have to go off what's sold. You right. can, I can list my house for a million dollars tomorrow, not get one offer. <laughs> or get an offer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that'd be great. I'll take it. What about, what but about homes that are un through. under contract and have had appraisals done, right, but haven't closed? We can supply the appraisal or the under contracts to an appraiser, but they're, they are not typically going to use that. Unless there's an issue where the home comes in under value or what you know, you guys, what the buyer is paying for it, then we can request a research basically saying, hey, can you consider this additional data in your comparison? And right. it's really up to them because again, an appraisal is always an opinion of value. The banks, we're, our job is to hire an appraiser, you know, unbiased. We use a third party management company. They reach out to an appraiser in the area and their job is to give us a value. It's, you know, we're protecting the asset. We don't mm -hmm. want to overlend, right? Right. Um, however, sometimes, and I've had it happen multiple times, that the appraiser is not from the area. They have picked comps that are not actually comparable. If I had said to my, to my, to my people, like, you know what? Here, the home you want to buy or one of these four. Which would you like? They would never even consider some of them because the amenities aren't there. Like, like nothing. 
Yeah. It's like, how do you, so as an agent, how do I represent my client when an appraisal goes bad? Are there things that, you know, other than asking for someone to maybe look at it, like what can, like concrete things can be done? You can order a new appraisal. Remember, you can, it's an opinion of value. So if the person is comfortable spending more money, because mm -hmm. again, it's at their expense, mm -hmm. then they can get a new opinion, basically. I think it's important as a buyer's agent too, when you go to the appraisal to bring your comps with you mm -hmm. and give them to the appraiser more than most times they'll take them they may not necessarily use them but they'll go they might look at them and maybe they will use them but if that's part of our job to yeah. do that ahead of time um and i think that sometimes can you know solve a problem before you get to the point of the appraisal being too low right but then sometimes it still is too low <clears throat> All right, we are going to listen to some sponsors, take a break, and be right back. Hudson United Mortgage is the number one mortgage company specializing in residential loans in New York and New Jersey, where Mike Van Mansard is offering first-time homebuyers low down payment options and a mortgage that saves you money and time. Licensed in New York, New Jersey, and Connecticut, Mike Van Mansard will patiently walk you through the maze of applying for a mortgage and is available for all your questions. Call Mike Van Mansard now to set up an appointment or for more information, contact Mike at HudsonMortgage.com. Hi, this is Grace Warren, a licensed real estate agent for Better Homes and Gardens Rand Realty for more than 17 years. And I'm ready to hear your wants and needs, and then I will help you fulfill your goals. As a full-time residential specialist and longtime resident of Orange County, I know the Orange County market very well, and whether you're a buyer or seller, my priority is your satisfaction. For more information, please visit my website, gracewarren.randrealty.com, and let's get together. Tune into The Nonprofit Notebook, your resource for and about people helping people. Learn about all the events and services available for you, friends, or family. Open your Nonprofit Notebook Tuesdays at 11 a.m. Radio worth listening to. Hi, this is Michael Newhart, Mayor of the Village of Warwick, inviting you to tune in every Thursday at 11 a.m. to Village Life and learn about the village happenings. Call and share your ideas, comments, and suggestions, and be part of the show with me and Mary Kalora. WTBQ. I'm gonna make this place your home. Welcome back to The Real Real Estate Show. I'm Christine Koenig with Better Homes and Gardens here today with my co-host. Grace Warren from Better Homes and Gardens, Rand Realty. And Mike Van Mansar with Hudson United Mortgage. Fabulous. Um, I, we're going to take a minute while we have Mike today. And, and, and Mike's washing his hands with, uh, <laughs> every five minutes <laughs> with hand sanitizer. It's true. He's he's got it on lockdown in his basement. It's fine. <laughs> uh, we know where to go. There's a zombie apocalypse. Right? Oh my god! Mike my, is prepared. My son was running around the house last night, and he's just like uh, he's like, if this virus turns people into zombies, I'll be ready, mom. And I'm like, yes, of course, yes. <laughs> of course you will. Be. That's 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 what kids do. Does he have a baseball bat? He's gonna knock their heads off. Like what's that show? The Living. Living Dead? Right? I don't. I don't know. I don't watch zombie you know things. I'm, I'm totally about. outside my my comfort level for this conversation. <laughs> what right about now? that show, The San Clarita Diet? Didn't you watch that? Wasn't she a zombie? I watched a couple episodes of it, and she was a zombie, <laughs> and it made no sense, and I stopped watching it. She's a realtor, right? Oh, yes, that's why I tried to realtors? watch it. <laughs> Gross. Anyway. Uh, Back to what we were talking yes, about. Yes, we, we are going to have appraisals, right? Yeah, no, we're actually going to talk we're now gonna... with Mike about um, single 
parents or people oh. or separated people and want to buy a home or need it to right. change lanes correct for a and uh so i'd like to talk to mike a little bit about what what someone needs to know maybe they're getting separated maybe they just got divorced and now they you know want to find a more permanent solution for themselves and what sorts of things come up um or should people be considering or thinking about as they start to figure out what uh what 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 they can and can't do or how best to qualify for so some I guess financing. It depends, you know, on the type of set separation if the claws are out and it's, you know, going to be a battle. Mm -hmm. Um what I tell people if they're, you know, I, I guess they usually call me after they've already been divorced or separated, so I usually see the repercussions after the fact, but if it's something you're planning and you know it's coming and let's say you're the, you know, the husband and you're leaving the property and you're leaving it to your wife and they have a mortgage, what you want to do is make sure the divorce decree is written so that you're no longer obligated to that debt. Even if you stay on the mortgage and on the deed, you want the verbiage to read that as of this date, you no longer have a responsibility to this obligation because you'd be surprised how many people for spite, you know, they'll keep the house and just say, I don't want to pay the mortgage because I want to screw over my ex-husband, right? Um, Unfortunately, when we when your ex-husband goes to buy a house down the road, we see that foreclosure and now he's going to be prevented from buying a home, essentially. So but that's their point. That's that what is their point. To do. But, but, all right. So this will be the lawyer talk. <laughs> if you have a divorce decree that says that you are no longer obligated to that debt, that's the date that we use. So they can foreclose all they want. But for underwriting purposes, we can use that date, which is a lifesaver for a lot of people. Right. Um, you don't have to wait seven years, you know, to buy a new house, things like that. Um, to the finance part, besides from that, you know, bad topic, if you're buying it at home as a single individual or a single parent now, um, we use, we can use alimony for qualifying. We mm -hmm. also use child support mm -hmm. on the flip side. We will also use that as a debt if you pay alimony or child support. So we review a divorce decree to ask, Hey, how much are you paying? How long is it? How long are you paying it for? And everyone seems to say, oh, well, my son or daughter is going to be turning, you know, 18. That's not the cutoff. It's whatever the divorce decree yeah, shows. Yeah. And I think in this state, it goes through 21 if they go to college and then yeah. even beyond if they do. Yeah, more and than sometimes that. it'll say specifically that they're responsible for the for college tuition. Yep. So it's it's something to consider. Um, it's something that we look at for income. I mean, it's it's money that you receive. Is it for your children? Yes, but it's something that we're still going to use to put a roof over your head, right? So we're not mm -hmm. going to count it against you. If you pay it, then we have to count it against you, obviously, because it's an right. obligation. What about uh, when you have older kids and you have co-signed student loan debt and stuff like that? Um, how does how does that affect? It's an obligation for you, so, so, so there's not much we can do about that. It's uh, anything that you co-sign. Yeah, on. anything not you just co student loan, like there, you co-sign co for a, a car. car or there's formulas for Whatever. depending on the loan program that you do. But mm -hmm. if you have, you know, $20,000 in student loan debt, um, and let's say it's deferred, a lot of people defer it right out of college to right. find a job, or they may work for a state agency that allows, like the state will give uh, reimbursements for school if mm -hmm. they're an employee of the state. Um, there's a calculation. It's basically 0.5% of whatever the outstanding balance is, is what we'll use to populate a monthly payment. And for FHA, for instance, is 1%. So if you have $100,000 in student loan debt, that's quite a large payment, right? Right. Um, even if it is deferred, everyone, you know, the first thing that they say is, oh, well, my student loans are deferred. That's great. But we know you're going to have to pay At eventually. Yeah. Right. So I'm not going to lend you a mortgage 
just so that you know you can eventually default because your student loans start coming due. Right. And defaulting on your student loans causes your credit to go down. Yeah. Just like um, you know, you're getting a divorce and you decide you're not going to pay the pay the payment for your mortgage and now it doesn't just hurt your spouse, it hurts you too. So you're like what is that saying? Cutting off your nose to spite your face? Yes. I guess. <laughs> right. And the one thing to remember is student loan debts, you can't you can't owe student loan debts and then borrow from the government. So if you want an FHA loan, but you're behind and delinquent on your, you know, your Sally May loan, the first thing the government's going to say is, nope, not until you pay those off or nope, not until you enter a payment arrangement to make sure because you're basically, you know, one hand's feeding the other. It doesn't, right. you know. The, but but if you're current with your loans, if you're current, it's then okay. you're fine. Yes. Yeah. So um, <laughs> pay your bills, I guess, is the rule, right? No, I mean, well, it's, it's interesting. You think about, um, you know, kids getting out of college, getting the, maybe not finding their dream job right away and not um, having the income they thought they were going to have to support um, the amount of loans they've taken out. Um, it's a it's a tough financial lesson to to have to learn when you don't have real yeah, they don't tell you that when it, you're right? in class, you know, studying, taking your master's degree or whatever studying it is. some crazy thing that's not <laughs> going to get you a job. Right. So and the loan companies, they'll love for you to defer it because that's just interest that's getting tacked onto the back. Right. You know, so keep that in mind. It's not it's not zero interest. Your loan probably balance is going to increase as the each month that you defer them. Yeah, that's interesting. So um, anyway, other considerations, um, you know, as agents, when we are working with the uh, with, um, you know, single parents, um, you know, sometimes whenever you're working with families with kids, the numbers of times you have to reschedule appointments and things like mm -hmm. that, just because someone's got sick or or who knows what had a school activity and event. So, you know, as agents, one of the things we need to keep in mind is a flexible, flexible schedule and making sure that we're, you know, set time enough in advance that we can accommodate after school hours rather than. Mm -hmm during the day and things like that. So uh, those were some of the recommendations I saw here. For working with single parents. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it's it's funny how many different, the awareness you need to have as an agent about your clients and what's going on with them in their lives, whether it's that they're single and, and you know, have multiple kids and they're balancing a ton of schedules or they're self-employed or they travel a lot for work or, I mean, there's so many ors, 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 yeah. ors, ors, right? They're coming in from another area. I have someone who's relocating mm -hmm. and, um, I mean, you, you have know. to be very accommodating and yeah. you need to really understand, um, every, every person has a different situation. Right. And making sure they communicate what is most important to them. So you prioritize, um, their priorities for them. Mm -hmm. Right. Cause a lot of times we may have a different vision, right. Because of our experience, but if you're not listening to what your clients are, are saying, then you're not really servicing them, right? Right. So um, I guess that is uh, that is where we are at in, uh, as we get ready to close up the show. Mike, do you have any last minute um, mortgage recommendations uh, for, for people out there to say, hey, this week do this or try that <laughs> or call, call you? Yeah, Anything? I mean, yeah, definitely call me 845-239-6565. I am, as much as we do purchase business, it's a refi boom right now. Yeah. So it's, you know, don't and keep following the market. Mike is just so knowledgeable too. I mean, I can't tell you how many times the the um, agents in our office go to him for advice or yeah. questions about so many different things. And he just really knows what he's talking about. Yeah, we are problem solvers. I mean, at the end of the day, 
the the object is to get your clients into a house, right? Yeah. So we have to figure out whatever problems arise, whether it's that secret fifth bedroom that you know happened to be listed or whatever the heck it is, or a septic. We just have to work together to solve the problem, and and that's so true. Uh, j just from you know our perspective too. I mean, constantly there's problems. Like today, we talked about uh, solving the problem of an inspection, or, or not an inspection, a um, an appraisal, or solving the problem of this septic system. What right. what we do with this, and it's constant like problem solving. And I always remember, you know, telling my kids, "Don't be the problem. Be the problem." problem solver. And it's very true in our jobs that we do this every day. Yeah. I think that's probably why well, a lot of us do I, this yeah. is because it's, it's different every day. I think the there's best, always a different so, uh, problem to solve. The best advice to give clients is just trust the process. You're in the hands of professionals. You know, I work, you know, you know, Rand, they have great professionals. I, you know, I can't speak highly enough of the real estate agents that we work with. That's the whole, if, if you trust the process, you're going to get to the finish line and it's going to be a smooth transaction. Um, it's when you start questioning and you listen to people that bought houses 10 years ago in a different market or their friends do this in another state. You know, you'd be surprised. Oh, my aunt is a mortgage person in Arizona. Great. Uh, that's, that's not nice. New York. <laughs> right. You know, this state is so, so different in New yeah. Jersey, too. I mean, I, New Jersey and New York are different. For yeah, sure, that is true. definitely different. So, yeah, trust the people that you work with and you will get the best rate and the best closing costs and <laughs> the best house you can find. Right. <laughs> I mean, it's the the incentive. If, I know we, we do this because we need to make a living. Right. But we couldn't do this and do this well if we didn't really care about what we were doing. That's true. My business is referrals. You guys know that. I mean, Mine if I'm too. ripping people off, what? who's going to pick up the phone to call me? Right. You know, if I'm dishonest, who's going to pick up the phone? No, and we've all, you know, in this business, all of us have worked with somebody that we don't ever want to work with again because we didn't trust oh, I, them or... I correct. cringe when I hear, you know, certain people or I just go, <laughs> okay, well, this is going to be fun. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly, exactly. <laughs> that happens with us too when we yes. when we're making appointments and we see the the other the other name and you're just like, oh, please don't pick this house. Please don't pick this house. <laughs> I mean, how many times have you called somebody and said, you know, try to get information from them as an agent and they just never call you back? Right. Yeah. I, I, most agents are not like that, though. Yeah. No. And and that's the joy. And so I, that's why it's important to make sure you know who you're working. So um, we'll be back next week. Yep, another week has gone by. Enjoy your week, everybody. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye. <laughs>